Hey guys, welcome to Because I Said So, the podcast where we discuss age and how it affects how we perceive ourselves, how we perceive others, and the conversations that we have because of it. Thank you for listening, and please leave a review to support the podcast. Thank you. Hi friends. So I know this month being Suicide Prevention Month um, can be very difficult for a lot of people. So I wanted to first put a little bit of a trigger warning in right here. Um, But beyond that, I just wanted to say that I know that so many people, especially in our generation, struggle with this. And it is an alarmingly high rate. And I, too, have struggled with this for me, especially in middle school. Um, And so I just want to be careful talking about this because I know that it can be such an isolating topic, but I hope that by talking about it, it sheds a little bit of light and makes it not as isolating. Um, And hopefully, I mean, I don't want to use the word relatable because I don't like (laughs) that it's so widespread, but I feel like it is relatable, unfortunately, for a lot of us. So right now I am in the process of finding a new therapist, which is... A really massive thing because I think that when I was so isolated and when I was so depressed and really having those thoughts and idealizations um, I don't know if I felt like I was worth even going to therapy and I think that that's it's a really hard space to be in and it's a really hard space to feel like you're sick enough because I think that while things are so common in our generation, I think that a lot of people are very conscientious of not diagnosing themselves, but almost to a fault where it becomes a point where you almost never think that you're sick enough. You never validate your own emotions enough. But also like, especially with depression, I think a lot of times, especially with suicidal thoughts that come with that. Um, Although of course that's not the only way that they happen there's a feeling of hopelessness and there's a feeling of like it's just it takes so much energy to go and find a new therapist go and find a therapist period and so I wanted to kind of talk about and bring you along as I am finding this new therapist so I had reached out and I had ended up telling my parents like hey I really think that I need this I'd gone to therapy a while ago but not 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 recently had I been and I just saw myself really kind of spiraling again and especially I know it's cliched at this point to be like oh COVID make things so hard and blah 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 but it's true it's a cliche because it's true and so I just felt myself overcome with things like anxiety but also some of those thoughts even though I was like I'm not going to act on any of them they started to come back into my brain in a way that I I was like, I don't like this. This doesn't feel like me. I feel like I'm losing myself a little bit. And I think that I'm, I don't want to say lucky to have been through things and mental health issues in my life to the point where I'm aware of these things. But it is hard because I think that if it's happening for the first time, or if it's not something that you're very exposed to, it can be very like, I don't really know what's going on. And it's almost... Sometimes it can be very subtle and then all at once when it really gets hard. So I'm trying to beat that process. Um, And it can be really draining to have to 
open up to somebody and tell them everything. I mean, especially if you've had a therapist before, it's like starting that process again is really, really painful. And you have to be willing and ready to change, which I think sometimes for me, and I know other people, is it's hard to really want to change sometimes. Not that you like where you're at, but that process of changing can be very painful and it often requires you to unpack a lot of emotions that you don't want to talk about. But it's also like beyond even just unpacking, it's draining. And when your willpower is already drained just by living, then it can be so draining to have to try to go through this. And it's it's hard. But I, in these past couple of weeks when I've been um, calling around to different therapists and finally setting up an appointment that I'm going to this following week, I realized that I, I just, I have to drag myself there. And I think that that's, that's okay <laughs> to, you know, have to drag yourself or to have to be dragged there. I mean, yes, you're going to have to kind of want to change and you're going to have to be the one to open up, but it doesn't mean that it has to be something that you're necessarily excited about doing. I think that it's sometimes it can be hard to be excited about really hard and challenging things that can really drain you but you know that it's the best thing for you and I think about myself like when I'm lining up to start a race and how I'm not always excited (laughs) I'm usually nervous usually have a little bit of dread in my heart but I know that it's something that is a privilege and a gift and I know that it's something that is good for me and it's something that ultimately will make me better um I know that's kind of a weird analogy to compare to, you know, going to a therapist, but I think that there's also a lot of stigma, especially in a lot of different families and cultures, but also a lot in men. I've seen I've seen a lot of people talk to me about how their parents think that, oh, you're you're going to pay someone to solve your problems and all of this, but I think that well, I don't understand the issue with that I think that those problems are going to be there either way and I don't want to say that I don't understand like where people are coming from with that because I think that that's probably how they have been raised as well and I I've been lucky to have parents that support me and so that might be a little bit naive but I I think that those problems are going to be there either way and those problems if you're looking at it from a monetary standpoint those problems going to disable you in some way and so I think that your net income overall will probably be benefited by optimizing your mental health to be the most efficient and the best person that you can be even if you're just looking at it from a monetary standpoint which feels shallow to narrow it down to but I think that I understand when people have had to work so hard for their money that it can be a very it can seem like an unessential thing to be spending money on and I think that there are a lot of free programs as well I think you have to look around but there's a lot of places that have scholarships or things like that and so I I just want to encourage people that that doesn't have to be an obstacle um and I'll try to include some in the show notes as well but I just wanted to kind of give you this before I go to the therapist I'll probably update you again before like the day before I go um just to get some thoughts and some feelings and nerves and 
all of that, or maybe while I'm in the car going to the therapist. I haven't quite decided yet, but yeah, this is part one, and I will update you soon. Hey guys, so as promised, here I am recording. I am sitting outside of my new therapist's office, um, about to go in, and I'm feeling definitely anxious. I think that it's intimidating to have to go in and basically explain all of your life and all of your thoughts and all of your trauma and everything to someone especially for the first time but I think this past week I've really realized how much I needed this um I'm tired of having these thoughts that I don't want to have I can be in my head um and I want to feel like I have (laughs) control which in a sense is also not the best desire to have because it's so many things are out of our control but feeling like I have some semblance of understanding and control um and just having an opportunity to grow um and to hopefully understand myself better and hopefully understand the way that I can be better um and just figure out how to overall live better so I'm really nervous I'm grateful for this opportunity but I am nervous I don't really know what to expect because it's been a very long time since I had to do this first counseling visit and it can be really scary and I don't it's to open up and to trust somebody especially in this in like a clinical setting can be very scary in the sense of like I don't know if I can trust them but it's not like you are paying them I mean they're this is their job and so there's always that bit of nerve too and it's like well what if they but I feel like if I'm not being honest with my therapist I'm not telling them everything then it's just doing a disservice to me because like they're not this is not benefiting or um providing any detriment to them I would only be hurting myself so I'm just going to go in there try to be as honest as possible because I'm the one who's getting things out of this they are here to help me um and I don't need to worry about what they're going to think of me or if they're going to judge me or anything like that I just need to be honest and um I think that I my friend's therapist actually has this really great quote about like instead of always worrying about how people are judging you it's okay to sometimes put yourself in that position and be like okay what do I think about this person do I feel like this is a good fit for me and that goes for friendships but it also goes for like relationships like this where it's a medical one because at the end of the day I'm going to have to choose a therapist that I feel comfortable with and who I feel like will benefit me um and so yeah I mean with some anxiety but also with a lot of hopefulness and gratitude as well um I guess I am about to go in and afterwards I will catch you guys up on how things went, um, how I'm feeling, thoughts, um, and looking forward. So yeah, I'm proud of myself for doing this. Yeah. Hey friends, so as promised, um, this is after I've gone, the day after that I went to my new therapist and I can report back that it went extremely well. I am honestly really pleasantly surprised. Not that I thought that it was going to go bad, of course, but I was just pleasantly surprised by how well it went. And there were things that I had done before, like I'd had a five-minute conversation with her over the phone a couple weeks ago just to make sure that I thought that she sounded like a good fit for me. Um, And there there were things that I kind of wanted for a therapist. Like I know that I really needed to have a female therapist. That was something that I was very adamant about. 
that was where I felt like I would be most comfortable opening up. Um, and I think that it's okay to kind of seek th- seek certain things out, whether it be like certain political beliefs, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, whatever you feel like will make you most comfortable. Because again, this is supposed to be helping you. You are seeking out somewhere that you feel comfortable and that you, like a situation that you can get the most out of. Um, and so, I mean, and that's really, really nice. And also being 17, I can choose who she tells, what she tells to anyone. So I know that for some people they may be concerned because, oh, they're on their parents' insurance or things like that. Um, then, like, yes, like, I understand, like, money is a big aspect of it. And so, like, yes, like, your parents might know you're going to therapy in some cases, although I don't know all the specifics about if you can go to therapy away from your insurance, like, if you're a certain age, like, I don't know exactly how that works. Um, but I will say, even though they're... Um, helping to pay for it, I I choose what she says, and I choose if she tells them anything that I say or not, which I think, I think that that is a big deal for a lot of people, and so um, that was really, really nice to kind of hear that just, like, affirmed, and be like, okay, I choose what leaves this room, you know, but I actually choose, because when you're younger, it's not always the case, which isn't, in my opinion, a reason not to go, like, I still went (laughs) when that was the case, but um, I don't know, it feels a little bit more in my control, which, I mean, granted, is part of the reason I need to go to therapy is because I feel like I need so much control over my life and I don't have it. But, <laughs> yeah, so, kind of, like, the process that happened is, like, we went in, like, I saw her, um, and then we went back into the room, just me and her. And the thing is, like, I didn't, I expected myself to, like, be a little bit more, like, but I immediately started talking. And I was like, and she's like, I think she's like, how are you? And I was like, I'm good, but like, and then I just devolved into like my whole life story. And she, well, we, we kept it very centered though. And I really, really liked that because I liked how she continued to bring back the conversation um, to like kind of these core themes and questions. Because obviously there's so much to get through in the first therapy session. That's why I was so scared to go in because I was like, I don't want to have to go through all of this. And, like, I was, like, I just don't want to have to relive everything and think about everything. And the thing is, I didn't. Like, if you think that your first therapy session has to be, like, this cold run-through of your whole life story, like, it doesn't. Like, we really kind of focused on some key central themes. And I did, like, give her, like, a just a run-through. But and we kind of, like, started off with, like, who are, like, the central characters in my family? Like, well, what do I, what are my goals for my life? Like, hobbies, blah, blah, blah. Um, well, I mean, not hobbies, but, like, just kind of, like, these things that make me, me, um, and then talked more about now, and, like, we were, like, okay, we can get into the past later, and unpacking the past, and unpacking where everything comes from, like, sure, we did bring that up in conversation, um, like, it wasn't just, like, don't talk anything about the past, like, just talk about now, because it's hard to do without talking about some sort of process, but we weren't, we weren't just, like, starting from the beginning, and me detailing all of the trauma that's happened in my life and I think that that's almost what I expected it to be um and it was really refreshingly not but also I think I expected myself to be reluctant to do that and when I got in there that's like all like my brain went on autopilot and I think that in some ways we we think that we like to keep our stories hidden but I think that like I mean it's natural like if we look at so much of history so much of history has been oral history and I think that sometimes we like to tell our stories more than we maybe anticipate that we do. Um, 
And so that was, it was really, really cool to just see myself like being like, oh, wow. And granted, I'm a pretty trusting person. So like, who knows? But I think I also felt really safe in that environment. Um, and it was just, it was a really, really cool experience. And I also think that I have like revelations already. Like in that room, I was like, hmm, that's true. Like you're asking me these questions and making me think about like, maybe I just have like, maybe I think that I'm the exception in the sense of like, I think everybody else is enough and I think that this works for them, but it won't work for me. And like, why is this? And is it because of that and that? And maybe it is and all these things. And I think that it really touched on some core beliefs that I have about myself of myself, like just never being enough and happiness leading me to contentment, leading me to complacency. Like all of those thoughts are just in my brain. Um, and I can, I can work out how some of them got there, but I think that I've always been so focused on that pathway of like how did what caused this that I don't fully understand what it means and like the tangibility of it and I think that was really cool and speaking of tangibility I know that for me like having something tangible that I can control like a tangible solution is very very helpful and one thing that I loved was I had walked in and almost immediately um she gave me this bracelet and she put this like um I think it's called like stress aid something like that some sort of essential oil on it and it was like she gave that to me and we worked on some breathing things which I'll get into in a second but it was something that was so tangible and I was like I was showing all my friends today I was like guys look I got this for blah, um for like anxiety things and like when I'm, it's to like remind me to like take those breaths because it's scent, like I can smell it. It's definitely a strong scent. But I, having something tangible like that, I was like, I feel understood. Like she knows the way that my brain works without me having to say anything. I mean, it's like, of course, that's kind of the job, but I don't know. I just thought it was very, very cool. Um, and I, it really affirmed my sense of belief that I like needed to be there and needed to be doing this. Um, especially when I'm so nervous and fidgety when I'm coming in and things like that. But one thing that was really cool, we take breath work for granted. And like, I get that. Like I have always been told, oh, like you need to do these sort of like breathing exercises or meditation exercises and things like that. Um, but we were talking about all of these like different things. Um, and just biologically, like how so much stress is held in the stomach and talking about the amygdala and how the amygdala, like talk, speaking about the stomach, the amygdala can like cause things like constipation and all of that. And a lot of your stresses can be held in your stomach and a lot of tightness is held in there because of your amygdala. Um, and also just kind of how, I think it's called neurospection, uh, talking about how, you know, our amygdalas helped us when we were back in caveman times and helping us to survive. But now we're not in those situations that often but our amygdalas still expect us to be. And so our amygdalas kind of, which are, they control kind of like that fight or flight. And they're very, very small, like almond um, shape things. <laughs> in our brain, like prefrontal cortex is like, you know, like your logical thinking and responses and everything like that. But the amygdala, it's really, really easy to switch into that amygdala mode. And um, for me, that looks like, you know, like sweaty palms, like heart racing, things like that. Um, we thought about make a list of things that scare me and like one of them was failure or judgment and like she was like okay tell me what you feel like immediately and I was like this and this and she's like that's your amygdala like you're literally having that fight or flight response so quickly 
um, just thinking about something like that. And that was really eye-opening to me. But um, relating to that amygdala and relating to, like, my stomach and things like that and just... We did breath work, like put your hand on your stomach, put your hand on your heart, things that you've probably done for like a long time, or maybe you haven't, but it's something that I've been introduced to before, but I've never really understood that aspect behind it, um, the biological aspect and why it works and like everything like that. Um, and I don't, that's how my brain works. Like I need to understand why I'm doing things. It needs to be logical for me. Um, and also I think that with logic, I think it enhances effect. I mean, some people think that it, stuff like that is placebo, but it's not. Like, it has a lot of psychological um, and scientific evidence. But I do think that, like, when you know what you're doing, it, it can enhance the effect because you're able to focus a little bit more and know what to look for. And I think that that was so eye-opening to me. And I just, I don't know. I wanted to give you guys something tangible leaving this episode that even if maybe you're not in that place where you can go to therapy, whether that's financially um, or mentally. I mean, I really encourage you to go and take advantage of a lot of like low cost or free programs um, just by researching or things like that. But if you can't, I wanted to leave you with that tangible thing. And I also wanted to talk about just in the sense of, I mean, talking about something like suicidal thoughts or a suicide is so hard to talk about I mean obviously but like the thing is I feel like it's it's taboo when it's face to face like when you and somebody else are talking about it face to face especially in an open setting because I feel like it's it's become a little bit more not I don't want to say normalized but like a little bit more of a normal conversation to be having online or in like social circles but not really face to face in person talking about our own experiences and so I know that that can be very, very hard to bring up to friends and things like that, which is, again, it sounds cliched and it sounds maybe not even as valid anymore because we are talking about it so much online. But that's still something that's I think is so difficult to talk about. Um, and especially, again, like I had said at the beginning, like when you already feel so like hopeless and drained, like it's there's there's no use in doing that. And there's so much energy that you have to expound and even preparing yourself to talk to somebody and then talking to somebody there's so much draining energy that goes into that and I understand that um but the most I can say it's hard to say anything without sounding cliche but the most I can say is that you're not alone and I hope that there's some solace in that I know that that thought helped me a lot um and what I believe is that you know, we all have purpose and we're all here for purpose. And you have a special light in you and I just hope that you can feel that even if you maybe can't see it right now. Um, and I I just love you guys so much. I wish that I could say more, but I feel like that it, it's such an individualized thing and such a hard thing. And so I hope that maybe if you're thinking about going to therapy, that <laughs> this little trial um, that I went through maybe inspires you some more too. Um, and I'm, I'm really grateful for the ability and the resources to be able to do that as well. But um, yeah, I'm sending a lot of love and light and I'm thinking about all of you who have been affected by suicidal thoughts or suicide um, of those around you. And yeah, just sending love and light as always. Thank you guys for listening. Bye.